courage starts with showing up and letting ourselves be seen. That's Dr. Brene Brown in her book, Daring Greatly. That book was incredibly helpful for me as a leader. It helped me learn that authenticity is often the key to moving our teams forward. But you know what's been difficult lately? Showing up. As I've listened to the last two reels of our podcast, it's been difficult for me to encounter the authentic self. And it makes sense. When I first began working on this podcast, I shared the idea with a good friend of mine. And as I shared this idea with him, I was so excited when he said, this is an absolutely great idea. And then he said, and I don't want you to do it. It hurt my feelings. And so I asked, what do you mean you don't want me to do it? His response, Sarah, you're my friend. I really care about you. And you have spent a long time curating and helping people meet a fake Sarah. Wow, that hurt. A fake Sarah? Absolutely, he said. There's a false Sarah that you have done such a great job of creating. One that stops you from being able to be hurt. And it makes sense. But she's going to have to die publicly if you work on this podcast. Whoa, that seemed dramatic. But it's actually true. As I listened to the last two reels of podcasts, I realized false Sarah is dying and she's dying quickly. I come from a community and culture where we don't share about our dating lives. And so for me to put that out there publicly has been incredibly painful and embarrassing. Hi, this is The Real Sarah, and welcome to Sonderless the Podcast, my 52-week journey to get rid of Sonderless and find my own happiness. In this episode, I continue my conversation with Dr. Amy Muse, host a Tinder dinner party, and get some tough talk from everyone's favorite character, John. I, I dated online for a while, but I, it was sort of before it was like pre Tinder days. But so I imagine like there's certainly pros and cons to it, but I, I do, I started thinking about this, like in some ways it might be a bit more like how we typically would meet people out in the world compared to like these online dating sites where you're sort of given this information where someone's already sort of crafted, not that people aren't crafting themselves a bit on Tinder, but there's all like more information or, you know, a supposed match, which we don't really have evidence that they're, you know, they're, they're using some algorithm to match people, but I've, I'm yet to see the evidence that there's any validity to those. So whereas Tinder, it's just kind of like, Hey, who's around me? Who do I think like someone I might want to chat with? Oh, you. Okay. We'll chat. And sometimes that chat goes nowhere, just like in real life. And other times it's like, okay, I'd be interested in like seeing you again, you know, or something. But, but I do understand the way that it also makes the dating pool seem that there's just like, endless options out there so it can make it seem easier to discard any one option I think it's also like again I in my own environment where I've just been spending a lot of time lately like dealing with uh particularly guys who have cheated within my own you know friend group or whatever or within my ministry dealing with that it's like I have trouble thinking that men aren't always mentally on tinder and I know that's just super like I really do believe there's great guys out there but why does that get stuck in my head like they're always looking for the next best thing I just am having a really tough time believing that guys are in it for the long haul and I think that's really sexist and really horrible of me and it's not something I I don't think I believe that at a core but I've just heard too many stories lately and I think it, it I don't know if is that way for you when you're doing research or you're talking to people, it, it really becomes part of 
the narrative we tell ourselves. So like this narrative I tell myself is like, guys are always looking for the next best thing. So then you have to maintain this false self for a while because you don't want them to find someone better than you. And it's not fair and it's not true. It's just from experiences that I've gone through that I, I struggle with. How do I even try to get on that playing field again? One of the challenges my best friend threw out for this year is that I have to date. And it's like, I date, I go out, I, you know, whatever. I, I'm a human, so it happens. I also look at it like, I just can't go through, I don't want to go through that anxiety of like, oh gosh, they're going to end up like dating the next 24 year old they meet, you know? And that's a thing here. Like, so most guys my age are dating like 24 or 25 right. year olds. Yeah, I mean, I, you're saying it's like, so on some level, there might be like this real concern. I mean, you're seeing this potentially happen. You know, you know that people are just on this dating market where they can meet a lot of people relatively easily. And I mean, I guess in some ways you don't necessarily have control over that. But thinking about the way that you're thinking about it, right? Like you would wonder if like having that expectation up front. It's also like doing something to the relationship from your end, something that you would have more control over. Like, oh, this is what's good. I'm setting myself up for this expectation. And we know that that can set people up for those expectations to potentially happen because of what you're bringing into the relationship. So if you're setting up this expectation of like, oh, for whatever reason, down the road, this person isn't going to be interested in me or they're going to find someone better than me. However, that's manifesting itself in the relationship could be a reason why it happens. Yeah. One of the things I say all the time is, as I look at my past relationships, there's a common denominator and it's me. So I do see a lot of I've chosen guys that tend to ghost and disappear. Um, I have chosen what my friends call the lighthouse. So guys that are like super excited super into me pursue pursue and then all of a sudden disappear for a little while and then they come back and they're so excited and i'm still really important and they really care about me and then they disappear so it's like a lighthouse right and when you're in the light it feels really good and when you're in the dark it feels really confusing and what the heck is this and i find i'm always wanting to date the hardest to date guy in the room the alpha however that might be there's this fear though that i have to maintain that ability to be in the light uh, for the lighthouse or it goes away. I like what you're saying. We're like, well, if you expect that, that's what you get, right? You told me one of the things is that I always say there aren't any good guys in Southern California. Yeah. And what I realized really as I've been kind of like preparing myself for kind of the challenge that you gave me of having to date one person a month, go on a date, (laughs) which is really just not that many people, but for some reason has really got me wigged out. Um, I'm doing like three this week. So I know seriously, you are like dating. Like it's, I don't know what you're doing. You're like, I think you're like, like an Olympic athlete in this department. Is it because, is it because my standards are too high? It's okay to say yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, it is, huh? And your lens, you don't think you're going to find anyone, so I don't think you actually really try. You really don't think I try? No. I don't try, do I? No, because it's not hard to get dates. I guess John is right. I really wasn't trying. So it is time to take the challenge seriously. And since meeting someone in a bar isn't the modern way of finding Mr. Right, 
I had to suck it up and log on to Tinder or Bumble, but I couldn't do it alone. So I invited over two of my best friends, Chelsea and Susan, for a dinner party and a little pep talk. You guys are gonna love it. Excited because John sounded so cool. Like he was so <laughs> seriously. I'm like he's he, like he's so much so more cool. into it, wise and intuitive. And I was like, oh, like I really I don't really see that side of. I mean, I don't yeah. see John like at all but when what I remember of him is just so like goofy and silly and funny but he was like no he was and like talking about your lens of like looking at these guys I'm like wow he's like legit wise yeah yeah it's weird is that like how he's always been or does this just develop really it's like this secret side yeah everyone always asks why we're best friends there you go. Because all they see is Will Ferrell. Yeah. John was just, like, say. so balanced, like, yeah. with it, with the funny thing. Like, I'm, like, I just, like, I was sitting on the couch with Kevin. I'm, like, listen to this. Like, I had Kevin come over and listen because I just was so impressed. Yeah, I know. John's bright. I made us some pasta that I'm pretty sure was good about 20 minutes ago. It might have gotten a little soft. So, did you hear, have you guys have both listened to the first podcast? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know that one of the... So do you agree with all his challenges, since mm -hmm. you guys are my two mm -hmm. best girlfriends? Mm -hmm. And I, um, I really agreed with how he was talking about the lens, like, can, like, how he was talking about looking at the guys through the lens of things that are already wrong or something, yes. or things that you don't like. Um, I thought that was very... Yeah, I, I like liked that how he said that. like prophecy, like, if you already go into it assuming that they're not going to be right for you then they're not going to be right for you yeah but if you go in with more of an open mind and open heart and maybe even almost expecting it to work out maybe you'd have a different okay so i think i used to be that way like six years ago seven years ago um no because i think that you've been in a pattern of kind of finding Damaged things. <laughs> damaged you know, goods. damaged goods. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, people that are emotionally damaged, unavailable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I feel like I don't ever meet anyone that I'm attracted to that's like not in some way got massive issues. Well, everybody has issues. They don't necessarily be massive. But for me to think they're hot, they do need to be massive. I feel like I didn't used to be this way, though. Like, I think about before I moved. So Susan and I were roommates when I first moved to California. Mm -hmm. And before I moved here, the guys I dated were not any drama at all. They were, like, normal humans. Yeah, but how you were younger, right? You were in your 20s, and you probably didn't work really were pointing that out. <laughs> no, but I just mean it was probably more like, oh, whatever. You know, it wasn't. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, it's true. Dating in your thirties. You had fewer issues too. Like ever. You know, oh my god. No. <laughs> That's not normal. She's not wrong. <laughs> as we, you were less damaged. <laughs> we get. I don't know. Just life, you know, happens, and we get more. Yeah. Stress and things, more things happen. happen. Like it's the one. So all the challenges that he mentioned. Yeah. Like, oh, you got to figure out how to love your job. And I immediately started thinking about, okay, here are all the ways that I can figure out how to love my job. <laughs> so I like my job. But when it comes to, like, dating, I feel 
so damaged. I mean, I haven't, guys, I haven't really dated in two years. I have friends that I've gone on dates with. I've gone on a couple dates recently only because of John's talents. But how like, did, how did that go though? Like, how did you meet them? How'd that go? Mm-hmm. Uh, just your friends and such. Um, I don't know. Like, I haven't been excited about it, you know? I mean, the other thing that, that I'm thinking about that's interesting about what you said in terms of like wanting, you know, the hardest to get person in the room. I mean, there's something interesting about that as well, right? Because it almost implies like it, it almost gives you like this out for a relationship, right? So if you have this narrative that this person's like really hard to get, I mean, there's some mixed thing there, right? Where, okay, so say you get them to some degree, you're dating them. Like there's some, you know, there's probably some positive feelings or feelings of accomplishment or something attached to that. But then maybe there's also this other part of like pursuing something where you're almost I don't know, expecting it to fail, or if it does fail, you've got this out. I think it's like, I think one of the things I realized from a young age, I thought, I thought worth was transferable. And by that I meant from a very early age, I thought if I could align myself with people who seem to have whatever the value might be, so people who have social value or all these things, if I could align myself with them, then I would be seen that way. And I didn't necessarily know that I was always doing it, but that's what I really meant by the hard to get guy. Like, but then you walk around feeling like maybe I'm not good. Like you feel less than right. And it's a comfortable position sometimes for me to be in that. Yeah, I I know what you mean, I think. I mean, it's just interesting that then you're walking around with a narrative of like this person is too good for me in a way. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, that's a reality. I mean, I don't think that that necessarily means like, you know, you don't see the value in yourself, but you're obviously willing to make those kind of, I mean, I could imagine if you're thinking that, oh, this person's too good for me, then what is that doing about like how you are in the relationship, right? It's all automatically taken this lower power position. And maybe it starts with that very initial narrative of like, I'm going to look for someone that I think is too good for me. Perhaps. Yeah. I don't know that I ever would have narrated it that way, but yeah, maybe in that deep down, I think they're better than me. And that's funny. I've never thought of it that way, but yeah. Yeah. And so then you walk around thinking they could leave at any time. I'm going to put up with anything because at least they won't leave because it does take me so long to really pursue someone or be interested in them. And so they have to, and it's not fair either, right? They have to fulfill all these superhero demands or whatever. We could go down this rabbit hole and I might have to do another call with you because I don't want to take too much of your time, but can you change those narratives? For sure, definitely. I think it takes work. I think it can take, it can happen through a relationship sometimes. It can happen through, you know, personal work. Because a lot of this stuff that I'm thinking about is around work on attachment, theories of attachment and relationships and how there's a lot of work on how a certain attachment style tends to seek out another type of attachment style. I think some of it is being aware of that can help for sure. Some of this stuff, I think it's just also like takes work or takes time or takes like a reframing of things. Well, thank you so much, Amy. My pleasure. My biggest fear right now after talking to Dr. Muse is that I cannot change my attitude. I'm going to have to open myself up and I have no idea how to do it. Whenever I get like this, John says that the only way to move forward is the Nike slogan, just do it. So that brings us back to my Tinder dinner party. I think it would be fun. 
As I think of this challenge, I don't love doing everything alone, right? Yes. So I want you guys. Okay. <laughs> when I download Bumble and Tinder. What's the difference? Are they the same type of thing or are you swipe? I'm really glad you asked, <laughs> Susan. <laughs> Tinder is like both people have to choose the other. Okay. okay. And you swipe right. Right. And the one if you swipe left, is it like, no, they're gone forever. No, on they accident. don't know that you swiped left. But what if you do it on accident? Oh, yeah. oh no, you can shake the phone. <laughs> you can shake <laughs> it. Come back. You can tip it the other okay. <laughs> Bumble, you get to, the girl gets to decide mm. whether you talk or not. All right, ladies. Okay. Are you ready for this? <laughs> okay, here it comes. So it says, M swipe, match, chat. That's what it says. And then let's look at the app. Ooh, log in with Facebook? Uh, uh, <laughs> does that mean that is it gonna will, like, show anything on like Facebook? Like update when you're like Sarah just... Sarah just swiped right. <laughs> oh God, to Bob 32. It's, going, it's happening, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do it. Well, oh. oh! What's happening? I'm From Facebook? Yes. How do I find out more info? I just click here? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. no. Fun-loving, successful, good man. Just looking for a great time with a beautiful woman. Mm. That's all he's looking for, guys. Yeah. This is one of our That's common like, friends, this like naked left. girl. Oh. oh. Oh, so it shows you who your friends are. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa. We get more pictures. Oh. Wait, how do you... Oh, look, he's taking care of his friend. That's nice. <laughs> Why do they all have a workout picture? <laughs> he's straightforward and blunt. People say I'm too honest. But I hate BS. He makes me nervous. No, I don't. No, I don't like that. Wait, oh, click God. the arrow oh, thing. Yeah. Okay. Turns out, turning on dating apps with your married friends oh. is more entertaining than any Hollywood blockbuster. Okay. <laughs> oh. oh also, dog. two dogs. Two dogs. Two dogs and like jackets. Lots of fish. He likes to fish. With his dog. So maybe he has a boat. This is Loves the nice. water and being with good people. I think the Tinder dinner party was a success. John wasn't satisfied with leaving up to me. So this week, I was surprised when John showed up on my doorstep, ready to swipe. What if I want to get this close? <laughs> Makes people uncomfortable. I like to speak directly into the mic. Check one, check two. Sibilance, <laughs> sibilance. Do you know we're a month into the challenge? You're a month into the challenge? Have you gone on any dates? Yes. You have? Mm-hmm. You didn't tell me. I mean, technically. <laughs> I wish this could record my face right now. Because <laughs> there's a look of confusion, bewilderment. I mean... How do you technically go on a date? <laughs> Let's start from the beginning. Who's the guy? I can't How'd say. How'd you meet him? I can't How'd say. You, what can you say? Tell me what you can say. <laughs> to protect their anonymity. Okay, so I went out with someone for dinner. Okay, for dinner. Did they know it was the date? I don't know. I think in that day and age, we don't know if we're on dates or not. Well, that's why you ask someone out on a date or they <laughs> ask you out on a date. Well, he asked if I wanted to go get dinner. Did you say, is this a date? No. Why not? Because <laughs> it feels weird. But you thought it was a date. I don't know. You don't know if you thought it was a date? Or you don't know if it was a date? <laughs> or both? I think both. I think I thought it was a date. So what can't tell? Tell us more about the situation. Mm. 
So we're not revealing this guy that you went to dinner with that could have been a date, but... But it's okay. Like, he's dating someone else now. Oh. When did you go on this date? Like a month ago. So before the challenge? No. Wait, so... Okay. Like, like a couple days after the challenge. A couple days after the challenge. So in a month, you've gone on one date. Yeah, that's what you said I had to do. You could do more. I met someone for coffee and drinks. Is that a, was it a date or did you just meet someone for coffee and drinks? <laughs> I meet coworkers all the time for things. Did you just go sit at someone's table while you were having coffee? No. And be like, we're on a date. <laughs> no. I am. Um, okay, explain this more. Well, I don't want to get him weirded out. Well, you have to give details. Okay. You you cannot you can protect their anonymity. <laughs> He can know you're talking about him, but just as long as everyone else doesn't know who he is. <gasps> what? Do I know who this is? No. Okay. Who are you thinking of? Oh, I know who the first one was. Who? No, maybe not. Oh. <laughs> you keep talking. I was just trying to <laughs> use my Your Sherlock Holmes skills. face looks so happy. I know. I think I know who it was. Anyway. Okay. So this guy and I have been friends on, like, Instagram and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he does really cool ministry stuff. Okay. So we met up so that I could share with him some books mm-hmm. with something he's working on. But we ended up talking for three hours. Is that a date? Sounds like. But we talked about life, not even ministry. Okay. I meet up with people from work, and we talk about stuff and life. And we'll talk for three hours, and it's not a date. That's what I mean by technically. I'm technically, you're not going on dates. <laughs> you're trying to say that you've gone on dates by making false situations that are not dates, dates, in your mind. Well, they're not dates during, I just in my mind later, I'm like, oh, I can count that. Yeah, no, you can't. So really, you haven't gone on any dates. I have too. No, you have For not. For sure, the dinner one counts. The dinner one does not count because they didn't say, I would like to take you on a date. And you didn't ask them if it was a date. You left it ambiguous so you could use something that wasn't a date for a date. And I I call bullshit. Uh... So now... What are you going to do to go on a date? What are you trying? What what kind of things are you... I have Tinder and I have Bumble. Okay, pull up. Let's, let's do Bumble because we're going to make you do the work. Shoot. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal the phone for a second. Oh, I'm nervous. Don't do that. I'm not going to type anything. Bumble are spaghetti on the wall. Because <laughs> you're literally swiping a bunch. And who knows, you may get 50 matches I in a day. I swipe like you two. You could get five. I swipe, I swipe like two a week. You need to be more adventurous. I'm going to take her Tinder and I'm going to swipe right a bunch today. Yeah, but then like... Uh, oh, then you have to talk to these guys. Oh, that's so awful. And then you might have to go on a date with them. So John threw a lot of spaghetti during his visit. And I did match with a lot of people. Even set up one date with a guy the following day. He ended up standing me up. But something is happening. I'm less afraid. It's a small amount, but something is changing inside of me. Sonderless the podcast is hosted by me, Sarah Heath. This episode was produced by myself, Ellie Fleming, and Corey Saviri. Corey is also our team's editor, and Allie handles our graphics. Our website and marketing is done by Alex Maldonado. Our theme is written and performed by Daniel Roberts. You can visit us anytime at www.sonderlessthepodcast.com. 
And to find out more about yours truly, please visit RevSarahHeath.com. If you like the show, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you never miss any new content or any episodes. And most importantly, leave a review. So until next time, keep looking for your bliss. And thanks so much for listening. 